Welcome back to Only on the Midwatch, presented by Test Depth. I'm your host, Ellison Parham, joined by my co-hosts, Josh Kanak and Dan Shellu. We've got a special guest near and dear to our hearts. Some of you know him, some of you don't, but you will after today. <laughs> we have Reginald Ritchie on the show with us. He is a lieutenant junior grade in the United States Navy, prior enlisted submariner. Yep. Thanks for being on the show, Reggie. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, man. It's good to be here. Super pumped. Super pumped. Do you have the quote book, by the way? Yes or no? Do I have the quote book? Uh, what Number one, what would make y'all think that I have the quote book? <laughs> Just <laughs> so answer hear, the question, I've been, I've been hearing it on, on numerous podcasts uh, <laughs> that this mythical quote book is out there. And then I heard somebody, I don't know who said it, said that. I think, I think Reggie has it. That was me. Which that one was of y'all me. Said that? I was like, that Reggie's was fucking God doesn't <laughs> So what's, what's what's funny is is I know who has it, but I was sworn to secrecy. So I'll I'll unless that person says I can give them up, which I doubt they will. They might later on, but I'm I'm not going to give them up. I'm almost certain that Reggie has it because the way you're answering these questions is suspect. I'll tell you what I do have. I got this right here. This is what I got right here. <laughs> Boy, look at that. Nice. I got a real one. I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. I, see, see, I left before I could get one of the tan ones. I'm not there. digging out my yeah, hat. <laughs> I got this. Yeah, this is the original, man. This is. That is it. So I have mine. Nice. <laughs> so I have my blue one, but it was, it was beat the heck. It was mine's like, like yeah, mine's like it purple. Was, it's not even blue anymore. Yeah. I have a. Yeah, it's not even blue anymore. It's got it's all dirty and smashed up. So I was like, let me let me go and rock the tan one. So I have a blue, a black one, and a tan one. And on my way out of the shipyard uh, parking garage one day, there was a Columbus hat in the middle of the road. And so I drove by, too. opened the door, and I picked that shit up too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you never know, you know. Classic part cheesy right there. I did end up getting the uh, the type threes that when I went to my reserve unit. I had to oh, get yeah? them. I was there for like. A year and a half before I gave up on the reserves. If <laughs> you're uh, like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you showed out the like, money for the Type Threes, bro. Damn. No, nah, they paid for. Them. Oh, they did. Yeah, they they issued you two pair for oh, any, nice. anything after that you had to buy. But, did you did you like do yeah. the classic? I'm not going anymore, or did you actually tell them that like go through the process of getting out of the reserves? You know he just stopped showing up. He didn't, he didn't say <laughs> wait, shit. He just stopped hey, going. No, nah, that's not say the that way again. Dan goes down, man. Dan, you, he wouldn't have you, done it. You cut out on me. Uh, say that one more time. Uh, most people, when they do the reserves and they're just tired of fucking doing it, they're just like, fuck the reserves. I'm not going anymore. And they just completely Dude, uh, no, ghost no. them. Did you do that? No, I did not. I did not do that. I, uh, I actually, um, so I ended up, I won't say hating the reserves. I'll just say it wasn't for me. Um, but I did go through the right process. I filled out the paperwork and my, my Lieutenant, uh, he was like, he was like, all right, so here, the, here's how this is going to work. He's like, he's like, if, you know, um, you're going to fill out this paperwork. They're going to lose it at least twice. And then it's going to take probably about a year to process you out. So he's like, I'm going to give you six months of authorized absences. And then if you're still not processed out after that, then we'll reevaluate. But I ended up, you know, uh, they they ended up losing it, and uh, <laughs> I'm still in the reserves. Uh, so. <laughs> and, and I ended up, I, uh, but I got out before I was able to get processed out before my uh, six months of AAs ran oh, out. Yeah. 
<clears throat> well, shit. Um, let's just move in in one direction here, real quick, um, and then go from there. Uh, so, Reggie, you you were uh, prior enlisted, and you were a yeoman, yep. and now you are an admin officer, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what can you tell us? Can you can you can you give us just a short synopsis of everything from the beginning? Uh, so, <clears throat> so uh, when I first came in the Navy, didn't didn't really have a plan on staying in, just like everybody else. I didn't plan on doing that. Um, but I remember uh, uh, going to my first my first boat, the USS Newport News, and uh, when I reenlisted there, I was like, you know what, I might as well just stay in because <laughs> I was like, I'm making pretty good money. Um, the job isn't that bad. I mean, it's very demanding. Of course, Eric, y'all can attest to that, um, being in the sub force, very demanding, but I was like, you know what, make the most of it. So when I went to Guam, um, they had a LDO CWO, uh, briefing that came by, uh, they were doing their little roadshow or whatever. And I was like, what is this LDO CWO thing? So I was like interested in officer programs, but not a hundred percent. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go check it out. So, uh, Went to uh, one of the briefings, and as soon as I found out that, you know, you didn't have to have a degree to become an officer, that, like, immediately just clicked me. I was like, what? There's a there's a way to get a commission without, you know, having a degree. Um, yeah. And I was just sold at that point. It, and I was a YN2 at that point. I was just like, yep, I'm going to do everything I can to uh, set myself up for that. So did what I got to do, grinded it out, and, uh, you know, everything, you know, I was truly blessed to be in the positions that I was in going to – the John Warner commissioning her and going to uh, where I go to the Norfolk uh, after I made first class, went to the Norfolk, did a leading yeoman tour there. And then I remember this is the distinct moment right here. And there's going to be some name dropping going on. So uh, once I decommissioned the Norfolk, I uh, came back to uh, back to Norfolk and uh, I was supposed to go back to the John Warner to relieve as a leading yeoman. And uh, as soon as I got to, to the squadron, I remember seeing uh, uh, Cobb. He was there. Um, Armand Owens? Yep, Armand Owens. He was there. And uh, he was just, he was sitting there and he was like, So where are you going? I was like, Oh, I'm about to go back to the John Warner, uh, do my leading yeoman tour there. And he was like, Oh, okay. You know, true. <laughs> Armand, <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you He's thought. Like, uh, I'm about to go be the Cobb on the John Warner. We're about to do some great things out there. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, good luck. Hope that works out for you. And he was just like, so uh <laughs> You mean the Helena, right? Or I'm sorry, yeah, the Helena. Yeah, um okay. and uh I was like, all right, good luck. And he was just like, so uh why don't you uh come down to the Helena? About to be doing some great things. I was like, Well, I'm already slated to go to the uh John Warner. He was like, So you've been there before? And I was like, Yeah, I've been there before, I know everybody. He was like, Okay. He's like, So would you rather go do something easy or would you would you rather go somewhere and you know apply yourself? And, uh, and, you know, and do a good job there and uh, be on the winning team with us. And I was just like, that's a that's a good way of, uh, <laughs> of putting it. And I was like, I wouldn't necessarily say it's something easy, but at the same time, it was like he was right. It was just like I could go do something that I was comfortable with, um, that I already knew. I knew what I was getting into. I knew who I was relieving. Um, and then it worked itself out, and I showed up and went to the Helena and cross-decked over there and it was it was just good. It was a, I went to a good team. Dan was there, um, and um, and Brian was there. Who else was there? Um, Buckley. Dang, I'm, man. Buckley. Buckley. Yeah, he was there too. And uh, went there, and it was just it was a good team, and uh, it just worked out. So going there, 
best decision I could have made and um, did a successful tour there with the with the guys that I had and um, ended up making chief and then getting commissioned from there. So it's it's just been great. Make a long story short, <laughs> it's been a great experience. <laughs> uh, everything worked out. So truly blessed to to be in the position I'm in now. I remember I remember when you made chief and uh, you were going through that process. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let me tell you. <laughs> and then y'all y'all did that five k. Were we underway when you guys were uh, selects? You were def- we were definitely yeah, underway because well, because I remember there was like some shenanigans going on in VLC where you guys were doing something with the, with a TDU weight, and I was like, "There's just a bucket." <laughs> And a TDU weight was in it, and I had no idea what the fuck was going. I was like, "What is this nasty bucket of shit in here?" They're like, "You're like, don't yeah, touch so- it, <laughs> don't touch it." <laughs> yeah, so Stay um, away. we uh, yeah, so we found out underway. Um, the worst part about that entire experience, uh, which I'll never forget, was the moment of finding out that you made it, which was great, and then <laughs> the worst moment is finding out you made it and you were the only one. Uh, so for a while. Yeah. It was just me, just getting that work from the <laughs> from the cheese mess. And uh, anybody that's gone through the, the season will tell you it's always better to go through with somebody. So luckily, we had one of the guys that came to UD to us. I, I forgot it, dude. I data dumped so hard when I leave places, but uh, I forgot his name. Um, he was he was from the he was, the, he, was it Loman? No, he was the IT from the detachment that came yeah. on the way with us. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I completely I'm blanking on his name right now. Sorry, bro. If you're <laughs> listening right now, but uh. Yeah, so when he came on, it made things easier. But yeah, we was in VLC scrubbing the freaking TDU weights and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it was definitely an experience. So yeah, I mean, the way you said all that when you were given, you know, your little, excuse me, your background history. When you wrap it up, because I remember it happening over like a long amount of time. When you wrap it up like that, it seemed like it happened in a blur. Now that you're like a lieutenant, junior grade, and you've been in the Navy since you were fresh out of high school, does this all just seem like it's like gone by in a flash? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's crazy. Like you, it seems like when you're going through it, it's like, man, time is just dragging on. Especially like when (laughs) all those times when you're underway and you're just, you know, on watch and you're just (laughs) like, man, these days are like going by so slow. Like, like what the heck, but it, it goes by like that. So like I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you want to make this a career, it's like the time is going to fly by. Like, even though right now it seems like it's, you know, lasting on forever, like do what you got to do to prep yourself and make yourself marketable and like be as successful as possible if you plan on doing this. Um, and even if you don't plan on doing this, you know, make yourself as successful as possible. So when you go out, you can be marketable in you know, in the outside world. Like I tell people that all the time because it, it like you, like you said, you're right. It goes by super fast, super quick. And just looking back, it's just like, wow, it's, it's definitely been an experience. Like, who knows what's going to happen in the future? But, like, just looking back, it, it, it does go by that fast. So, yeah. Dan, what's your, what's your, <laughs> what's your fondest uh, memory, good or bad, about working for Reggie? Oh, oh man, yeah. I got, I got give, us, give us your bad one first. Yeah, I give got, me the bad one. Let's see. <laughs> I got so many stories because we had a good, like we worked hard, but we had a freaking blast in the, in the wine shack. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, when you first showed up, you were, you were putting on the uh, kind of the hard ass. Like I gotta, I gotta lay this wood in the beginning and establish how things are going to go. Yeah. Everyone does that. 
I really don't have anything bad to say. Uh, well, that's good. Thanks for uh, sparing my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> or if, hey, if it's true, hey, I appreciate that. That just means. I, dude, I, like, really... I think we had a great shop. Like, I, I never had any complaints about it. Yeah. You know, anything in there. Everybody, it was you know, everybody had their strengths. Uh, Buckley, he would just like uh, he would ghost, but then he'd come out of nowhere. It would be like. Who did all this? And exactly. Like, like yeah. stuff will just be done. We'd be like, where did Buckley go? And then it's just a stack of paperwork. He's like, yeah, man, I took care of it. <laughs> like, <Okay>. wait. <laughs> I ain't even seen you in like three days. Like, where'd you go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't Buckley see Buckley for like for like four or five days. And you'd be like, who's doing all this stuff? <laughs> and like, oh, it was Buckley's like, yeah, I took care of it. Nah. Oh. Shit. You remember uh, the funny, the funniest thing, and it like became a running joke in our office was when I first got there. Right, there were so many different things that uh, everybody was used to doing, and they were used to doing it a certain way. So I'd be like, I'll come in and be like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it. This way moving forward. And then Brian, Brian Williams, shout out to him. He would be like, what, what would he say, Shelly? What would he say? But why? <laughs> And and like, and you'd, be like, you'd be like, why? And I'm like, because why? it needs to get done this way. We got to take care of it. And he'd be like, but why? <laughs> so it became like this running joke because it used to piss me off. And I think he did it on purpose just to piss me off because I'll be like, dude, why you got to okay. ask so many questions all the time? But, but uh, man, shout out to Williams, man. At the, at the same time, you knew he was doing it for, like, in his mind, he was yeah. always thinking, like, is there a better way for this to work? Yeah, absolutely. And it, our the leading yeoman before him, it used to piss him off beyond belief because he didn't, oh, yeah. he wasn't able to open his mind and see like why he why he was questioning it. He wasn't mm-hmm. questioning it. He wasn't questioning him. He was like, "Wait, is there a better way to do it?" Yeah, questioning the process and like being like, you know, why don't we do it this way? You're looking at it yeah. a different way. Yeah, which I always I, I felt like when when I was there, like I always let you guys, if there was a better way of doing things, I was always open to it. I felt like, and I've been carrying that on ever since. Like it's, there's always a better way of doing it. It's never just, Hey, this is how we always did it. So this is how we're going to do it. Like always building up innovation and like taking everybody's um, thoughts on in consideration. And, you know, if there's a better way of doing it, hundred percent all for it. So man, you guys were awesome. What's uh what's crazy to me is uh, before you got there, I think, I think the leading yeoman before I think he was like trying to get rid of Buckley, wasn't he? Is that is that true? So <laughs> So I don't even know if the dude that was before me is still in, but if he is, I ain't trying to talk bad about him, but the uh, I do know that there was definitely personality conflicts between Buckley and, and him. And I remember sitting down with him and he's just like, Hey, you gotta watch out for him, blah 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 and I'm like, Okay. So when I first Remember when I first got there and I sat everybody down in the office and I was like, look, whatever way it was done before, like, I don't care. Like, whatever the issues were before, I don't care. Like, you guys are brand new to me. I'm brand new to you. I was like, we're all starting from scratch. Like, I don't care about whatever was said about any of y'all. Like, we're going to build this relationship and we're going to, you know, be as successful as possible. And like, that's the way that I took it. But, you know, whatever the issues were before I got there, I was just like, I didn't really care. Like, that had nothing to do with me. I think, I think is like he created those issues in his head. Yeah, 
or, or something because it, it wasn't even really like a personality conflict. It was like, I'm not sure he knew how to manage Buckley properly. Yeah. Like Buckley was just different and he had, you know, his way of doing things. But Buckley was never like confrontational either. He yeah. was so chill. Buckley was like back. one of the nicest exactly. dudes I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Yeah, so nice, yeah. like we're like almost too nice. It's like, hey, man, you got, like, yeah, you say that, you say that, but I remember one time I can't, I can't remember. Was it ship's control or it might have been back after somebody was gone, popping off at yeah, Buckley, Buckley has and he was oh Buckley, to, <laughs> Buckley, right, he's straight. He went straight out of Compton. Like, oh no, Buckley straight, had a had a like, he was a prof, not a professional, but like an amateur kickboxer or something like that. He was a fighter. Did you guys know that? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think he did have a a fighting yeah, background. He, he was like a school. good kickboxer. I think it was kickboxing. Might have been Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like because I, I found that out one day. I talked to him about it. He, and he was older when he was on the boat. He was like over thirty. And yeah. uh, I talked to him about it one day. He was like, "Yeah, I don't do that anymore." But yeah, I used to fight. And I was like, "Damn, Buck! Like I would never, I would never peg him <laughs> as a fighter." But yeah, because he's just a he has a very calm demeanor, yeah. like. He doesn't really get he he's very um he's not quick to anger at all. Like anytime something has ever happened, he just kinda like rolls it rolls off his shoulder. And I think that's probably why the dude before him, you know, get pissed off because he probably thought he didn't care, but he just didn't it just didn't phase him like that. So quick uh quick story about Buckley. Me and Buckley were driving somewhere. We were going to like the store or something. I forget what we were doing, but uh there was like a, someone had a road rage incident like towards us they were like trying to get pissed off at us and the dude like was popping off and i i want to say he got he like started to get out of his car and i said buckley i said i think this dude wants to fight and buckley (laughs) buckley just sitting there all calm he's just like nah he don't want it (laughs) in that accent that he has nah he don't want it (laughs) these hands Yo, there, there's stories about everybody. Like, the running joke for Dan, <laughs> I remember the office was just, because uh, Dan got stories for days, man, and he knows everybody. So, like, <laughs> he would start a conversation, he'd be like, a buddy of mine, and we that, that became the running joke. He'd be like, Dan's got so many buddies. Buddy of mine. You should see, <laughs> you should see when, whenever we get into a conversation about anybody in the diving community. Like, oh yeah, I know oh that guy. God. Like, what the? F- how do you? How do you know everybody in the diamond community? Like, you're not even a NB. Hey, but your dad was like, <laughs> Get the fuck, dude. He if there's if there's one thing I'm good at, it's fucking networking. I can network <laughs> with the best of them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hey, don't ever stop that. That's good. Yeah, I'm always trying to network, and I do it. I got to the point. I. I I don't even know why I do it, but I do it. And then it just, it's like I'm moving pawns. It's like I'm on a freaking chessboard and I'm moving pawns and I'm finagling my way into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even doing it. You on remember, remember when we went to Norway and you dropped trowel in front of their whole dive team? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that girl, she was, cause they were talking about their short shorts and, uh, and she was like, uh, she was like, well, she's like, I'd like to see yours. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and like, I was like, well, I'm actually, wearing I'm mine wearing right now. I was like, are you? <laughs> you... <laughs> I just un- unzipped my whole uniform and dropped. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I guess it got back to the war room. And they were like, yeah, Shelly, 
Shelly was dropping trow in front of that freaking Norwegian <laughs> officer, the female. Yeah, you remember you remember when we were in Norway and uh we were going to our barracks Dan for the first time and and Sayer was with us. And I think Sayer was like he was like, Oh, look at that, because there was a one of their Norwegian soldiers, it was a female like standing by the by that vending machine. And so yeah. he was like, Oh, look at that. He was like, I bet none of you guys have the balls to talk to her. And he was like, and Dan was like, please. He's like, I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> and so we just was, Yeah, dude, I remember she was shining her boots. <laughs> we just we just like so we're passing this building and we walk past the vending machine. And uh he's like he's walking past the vending machine and he goes, he stops and he backtracks a little bit and she's right next to the vending machine on this bench. She's got one boot on the bench and she's like shining her boots and she has these like overall things on. She's got hair like a Lara Croft braid going all the way down to her her butt. And uh, he was like, <laughs> Dan like sizes up this vending machine and he's like squinting his eyes and shit. And he's like, oh, I don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, how do you like, and she's like, you know, I don't remember what she said, but she just like starts talking to him, whatever. And they start laughing. And Sarah's like, God damn, that motherfucker is smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and like walk and he catches back up to us. He's like, it's easy. It's easy, man. <laughs> Dude, I'll talk to a tree. <laughs> that's that's one of the that's one of the best thing or that's one of my favorite things about dan man like <clears throat> super approachable like easy to talk to and like the best thing about him like to this day the most like not scared to jump into anything and he wants to be the best at everything that he does like that was just like one of the best things hey that's one of the best things best qualities i liked about you dan was like you never you never quit and you always, you know, try to be the best at whatever you're doing. Even if you didn't like what you were doing, you're just like, hey, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I, I greatly appreciated that about you uh, while we're in the, in the office and on the boat. Something as simple as I bet you can't hold your piss for eight hours this whole entire watch and get the water buffalo. Yeah, that's award. what I was about to say. The water buffalo. Award. What were the different <laughs> achievements that were in there? It was like the water buffalo. The, we had some. Uh, there was some. It's just there was some like Marvel character sounding shit. You had to like drink uh, coffee every. You had to like fill up a whole container of coffee um, or water and drink it on the hour every hour until the end of the watch. Wait, now that I think about it, this are. Wait, no, no, no. Actually, yeah, this is section tang right here, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. This, oh, this tang. Tang. Yeah. Son. That's what's up. Yo, my back. My fondest memories, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of memories being on watch, but the best ones <laughs> was just old Sleepy P over here falling asleep, uh, waking him up, <laughs> oh, <laughs> listening man. listening to his, his jokes <laughs> and just the off-the-wall stuff he would say. So here, here, here's how it would go, right? Shelly would be over there driving. He'll be sitting at home. Harden would be sitting at Stern Plains. I'd be sitting at Cheaper Watch. And then uh, old Dan Scheller would be over in uh, as a dive. So we'd be sitting there for hours on end. <laughs> Shelly, we'll all be talking, and all of a sudden, it'll get quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I look over there. Old Sleepy P is over there dozing on. i like, hey, man, wake up. <laughs> so then in an effort to keep in an effort to keep Sleepy P awake, we would just talk about random stuff. And our, the the funniest thing about you and the, and the stuff that you would say is when you would say something so crazy that nobody would say anything else after. And you would just look to the left and look to the right and be like, <laughs> you're like, no, 
Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Get it? It did. Get it? It did. Then Josh should be over there. He'll be listening. <laughs> I just like over there at the snacks. You just be sitting there. He's just like crazy, man. <laughs> I would come over and talk to you guys because I'm like all the way across control. And there was almost during that deployment, we had such few interactions with other vessels. Um, so like my job was so boring. I would come over and hang out with you guys for a little bit. And I'm like, man, you guys just go and go and go. You just like, just the, the conversation just rolls for eight hours straight. Yeah, it was, dude. Non-stop. It's either that or the stern planes is going to make the submarine hit the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Just look over there and be like, why is our bubble so low? And then Shelly would like <laughs> conversate and be like, I've got depth. I'm serious. Like, he would just take over everything. He's like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is when we had uh, when we had Jason on the, sh- on the show, I was like, "How you could hear us all the time, couldn't you? And it was like, yeah. Like, it's just funny to think that he heard all of the dumb shit that I ever said, and I say some dumb <laughs> shit, man. He said that none of y'all's grandma made y'all eat Vicks Baker up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I was like, and I was like, no, my grandma ain't trying to kill us. She ain't trying to kill me. First of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to put this out there. In the I want if anyone. <laughs> I knew you fucking had it. You motherfucker. Know I knew. Hey, somebody had somebody had to keep. The hope alive and keep them in. <laughs> oh, yes, my God. Yes, Reggie. Hold on. Let me see if I can find that exact quote. For, for all the listeners, Reggie just flashed the quote book in front of the camera. Son of a bitch! It's official. Oh, it's been I, dropped. Reggie's got the quote book. So I remember I was walking in control. It was like one of my last duty. Ch- no, was it in control or no? It was in uh, the cheese quarters. No, it was in control. No, it was in control. Um. Actually, no, it wasn't my last duty chief. I think it was when we just <laughs> pulled in. It was sometime when we just got into the yards. And I was like, I walked in control and I saw it in one of the seats. And I was like, this thing cannot be lost. So I had put it in my backpack and I meant to put it in the cheese, uh, in the cheese mess, but I forgot. <laughs> and it stayed in my backpack because you know, I always had my backpack on me. And uh, as soon as I got, when I transferred, I was just like, oh crap, I forgot I got the quote book still. <laughs> So I've been holding Hell on yeah. to it ever since, and I was like, I don't know when I was going to give it back up. But everybody that was, yeah, I mean, everybody that was there is gone now. So it's like nobody would understand <laughs> that and stuff that's in here. Anyway. You got to read some some of the, the the high notes in there. Okay, I, I think gotta Dan, do, I gotta Dan do is the in there more than Dan is in there more than me, isn't he? Not a no, chance. Not a not chance. A chance. <laughs> it's like most of these are all par him. Let's see. <laughs> That's bullshit. I uh, all right. well, oh, oh, okay. Here's a good, here's a good one. Um, so three C, which was uh, yeah, three C, um, T, uh, AJ was hit and dive, and he says to Parham, "How many weeks are in a month?" <laughs> Parham, four to three. It varies. <laughs> so everybody starts laughing. No, actually, and then CNC Generals was there, and he's like, "What month has three weeks?" And Parham says, "February." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. oh, let's see. Hold on. Four to three. This is the man I'm in business with right now. <laughs> three weeks in February. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, let's see. Oh, There's so many good ones in here. Y'all come up with something to talk about. I'm, I'm finding another good one. I remember, Dude, uh, I remember uh, my uh, the only time that I like 
was fucking mad at you, Reggie. The only time. Oh. <laughs> it was one time. All right. Um, and I don't hold it against you at all. It was a totally like at that time thing. But you know how the line for Chow would all be super fucking long when you get off watch. Okay, you're a chief, so you didn't you don't have to go through that. But we get off watch and you used to, oh dang. Yeah, we're sitting in line. I wasn't a chief the whole time. <laughs> well, on deployment you were a chief. So um, yeah, yeah. we're sitting in the Chow line for like. 25 minutes and mind you we get off watch after someone else relieves us half an hour into it so motherfucking mm-hmm. the guy that relieves me i'm not gonna name drop this motherfucker always relieve me late and i get down there i say you drop the name <laughs> dude mother okay fuck that guy van gilder yeah <laughs> relieving me late <laughs> bitch ass relieving me late all the time I go down to the child line. The child line is all the way into four cruise birthing. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. dude. I got the last, like, I'm like last in line. So I'm like, whatever. You're getting the yeah. scraps. And uh, you know how they are always like, hurry up and eat, hurry up and eat, get out, get out. So for after you get off watch, they kind of stop doing that. They only do that for the people that are oncoming, right? So they, the line slows down. And I mm-hmm. finally get in there, and there's like, five minutes till the top of the hour where you have to go back and clean up. So I got five minutes to where I get into the galley to eat my food, to eat my food, go, go grab like whatever cleaning supplies that I have to get and get back to the engine room for cleanup. So I sit down with five minutes left and I'm like, I'm fucking mad because I got relieved late and I just waited in line for like 25 minutes. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't even care. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to eat my fucking food and these cooks can kiss my ass at how long I'm taking to do it. And I'm going to be late to after watch cleanup. So, <laughs> oh, don't be late to after watch cleanup, boy. So, don't do so it. So I eat my food. I have no idea what it was um, because it was irrelevant, but I ate my, my dinner or lunch or breakfast or whatever it was. And I went and got my cleaning supplies. I was taking my sweet ass time and I got back there in a, you know, relatively reasonable amount of time. It was like five minutes after it wasn't like super late, but it wasn't, it was definitely not on time. I got back there like five after and there goes chief Richie sitting up at the horseshoe with his flashlight in his hand, just waiting for me to come up, waiting for me to come up the ladder. Like why you late? (laughs) It's funny as I can see exactly how he looks at got like, he had that know, he got like one leg up on the he got one leg up on the step and he's just waiting for me to come up because he, he knows everybody that's supposed to be there by this point and he knows the fucking FTOW is not there. He's like, This motherfucker's late. You better have a good reason for being late. And my only good reason for being late was I was fucking eating my dinner. So I was, he was like, Why are you late? And I was like, Because I was eating dinner. <laughs> you're like You're like, that's not a good excuse. Go talk to your chief. Like you had already, I don't know, somehow you had already told my chief that I was late after watch cleanup. So I was like, all right, I'll go fucking talk to my chief. And he's already on watch because he knew, you knew he was, he, I don't know what communication. Yeah, he, he relieved yeah. me as the chief yeah. of watch. So I went yeah. up there and I was like, he was like, what's up? I was like, I was late to after watch cleanup. <laughs> he's like, he's like, why? I was like, because this motherfucker, he was he was on watch. I was like, this motherfucker relieved me like thirty five, and the line was like twenty five minutes long, and I ate my dinner. That's why I'm late. I ate my fucking dinner, and <laughs> he's like, all right, well, just don't make a habit out of it. And y'all know me. I was a good fucking dude. Like I was like, 
I was, yeah. I was always on Here's time. Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. If you would have just said that, I'm a reasonable guy. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have tripped about that. But if you just come out the gate, you're like, because I was easy. Like, yeah. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a wrestler. <laughs> you would have just been like, hey, I got relieved late. I would have been like, who is it? And you would have been like, hey, it was Van Gilder. I would be like, all right, go ahead and do your thing. I'm going to go here. No, I was mad about it. So I was just like, because I was fucking eating my food. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah that, that, that's totally understandable the war on freaking after watch cleanup was freaking crazy man it was even worse with the nukes bro like oh so many God. times that i mean it started it was it turned into a mutiny man it was like i would get on them for being late because you know it's like i'm getting chewed not chewed out but i'm getting talked to about the fact that people aren't showing up to after watch cleanup on time right so the people that are showing up are complaining that the people that are showing up late aren't being there on time so then i'm like all right let me get everybody there but then the nukes they show up late i get into them about it and then they're like well you don't show up on time sometimes and i'm like first of all <laughs> like <laughs> not that i don't have to be there on time but it's like i get what you're saying okay cool so <laughs> me and dan came up with the rule we're like hey we're gonna be there super early we're just going to roast the shit out of somebody. Whoever's late, we're just going to give them that business. <laughs> so then we would show up like five or like like eight minutes early and just be standing by. We'd be like, all right, cool. Everybody's showing up. Everybody's showing up. Boom. As soon as the first person that's late, like on the dot, get that work. Because it was like the nukes had started it, and then it just turned into this big thing. But, yeah, it was – I mean, you know how it is on the uh, sub. It's like – Yeah, it was like – Things – I could have handled it differently. It's like every day – And you were just doing your job, yeah, and no. I was salty. No, I don't, I don't blame you. I'd probably be salty too. <laughs> I mean, There's you're a, uh, you're underwater and you have little things to fucking focus on or, yeah. or distract you. So. There's a uh, a figurative and literal divide between the nukes and the coners. We have some nukes getting ready to come on. Yeah, the show. we need to get a nuke. I haven't yeah. told you guys about it yet. Oh, I got you know yeah. what? I got a I got a okay. Facebook message from Cody Turner and also mm-hmm. Braden Heck. They both sent me the picture because I'm pretty sure Turner sent the the picture to him as well, and it was from our um, our Bluno ceremony. Remember, when, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the ceremony, but there was uh, Braden Heck. What he had uh, hiked his shorts up pretty high. <laughs> and he, his, his cheeks were exposed, so <laughs> I uh, I gave him a, a good old uh, a lasting memory from that. <laughs> I can't really see it, but oh, oh man, oh god, oh man, dude, you look, Josh, you look like freaking Osama bin Laden right there. <laughs> For all the Persian experiment picture of me next to Braden Hex's ass cheeks with a handprint on his ass, like a welt that I put in. <laughs> you can see my fingerprint. <laughs> You know you're not doing the submarine force any justice right now, showing that picture and talking about it. Like we already get, we already get flamed for all the uh, all the uh, the other stuff. That's just adding fuel to the fire right there. Hey, fuck them. They don't know about what we do down there. Yeah. All right, I got another quote book one for you. This one's Shelly's. All right. So Shelly says, "I hear the rumors. I keep my deck plate to the ear." Dream C says, "Deck plate." Deck plate to the ear. I <laughs> hand me the book. <laughs> Deck plate to the ear. I was always so happy when Shelly got in the cookbook because he would always 
he would i can't remember there was something he used to do whenever i whenever you guys would be like oh put it in a quote book i'd be like no 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 <laughs> and he would like say something i think he would like hold up fingers or like count or some shit like that you remember that shelly he would like have a point system to try to piss me off and i was like that's dumb i'm not gonna let that piss me off wait who is this but we're wait, on what did you say Shelly, so like whenever whenever I would say something and be in the in the quote book, uh-huh. you guys would like be like, put it in the quote book, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. And did Shelly, I do a, did I do the strike system? I'd be like, a strike one. Yeah, yeah. He, he devised like a strike system, like a point system, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm not gonna let that shit get to me. Are you fucking kidding me? But we're on deployment, so like by day three, it's starting to piss me the fuck off. And every quote from there on out, he's counting. All of the quotes that I go in on. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, favorite memories of, of you, Reggie, was uh, during, like, if we had some sort of evolution on where you had to, like, speed up the chow process, and they'd have you there oh, when you were sure. first class, they'd have you there, like, getting drinks for people, and people yeah. would be like, can I, can I get, can I get, uh, can I get, uh, Purple red, with a yeah. dash of red, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Water, got it." <laughs> no, that's like it was when they were like, "Hey, we need to have you need some exposure to you know, you know, learn how to handle more people or something like that." It was like something that I think I was like the only first class that got tasked with that, even though like Nicolaitis I think was there, so I was like, "Why the heck isn't he doing it?" But it was one of those like learning le- like leadership lessons or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh yeah, can I get a, a red with a splash of purple?" Or and I'd be like, "Yep, water, got it." Here we go next. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It, that joke was funny, man. That shit was funny. We went to uh, before you made chief. We we went out as a division, and uh, where was that? What was that place called? Before I made chief. I think the place was called Hinches. In is in Virginia Beach. No, it was in. We were at, we hit a port call. It wasn't Pecan. Oh, it Mayport. was uh, Mayport. Yeah. Oh when we, yeah, when we yeah when we was in Mayport yeah. That place I think it was. Hinches I don't remember when, the name. I don't remember the name of the place. Though. We we walked well anyway. We walked in and uh, it was all the chiefs and officers were there, <laughs> and we were just like. Fuck it. And I like you went and you were talking to like a lot of the chiefs. Uh, you were networking. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I just went and hung out with the officers and uh, Gaddis Diaz. Remember that guy that mm. wrote us for a little bit? He was like, and he was like, Shelly, I'm going to buy you a shot. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, man, I got, I got duty tomorrow. I, you know, I can't. And uh, he was like, it was like the duty officer for tomorrow is right there. He's taking a shot. <laughs> and it was like, I guess we're taking uh, shots. It was more like, the duty officer is taking uh, a shot, so I buy you a shot. Yeah. Dude, he was buying shots, dude. That's the dude you want to get drunk with for sure. Just listen. Yo, when to he would get on the, he was, when he would he get on the, shit. like, I remember he was standing like a UI for sonar soup for his quals for like OD. And, Oh, I remember the guy talking about now. He would get on the 27 MC to like make a sonar report and be like, God sonar again, new contact zero two. And he would mess up so bad, like all the time. He would be like, hurry up. Three, two, zero. 
Eat three nuts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Austin Deck would like cut them off and be like, <laughs> "You'd be like, yep, got it." We would, we would hear that shit. Yeah, we kind of laughing our ass off. Anyway, that when we so we went out and we like pretty much went bar hopping or whatever, and uh, we we took the wrong. We got a taxi and it took us to the wrong hotel. Curfew was at midnight. I don't think we got back till like three. I don't think anybody made curfew at either Mayport or Pecan ever. Nope. <laughs> they were like, "It's America. We're fucking gonna be out here." <laughs> I mean, it's America, motherfucker. I live here. Yeah, and that was a good thing about uh, <clears throat> that was a good thing about our crew. Like everybody took care of everybody. Like Chiefs and officers, and like enlisted. It was just like a, it was just a very tight tight group i mean everybody says that about the sub force but like our group was like really really good um everybody took care of everybody in that regard and just yeah it was just honestly that's what was so freaking upsetting about returning uh returning home to port or whatever the hell the acronym is called we got in the shipyard and then you're in the shipyard dealing with shipyard shit and then you're at huntington ingles dealing with huntington ingles shit and then the whole crew just freaking starts tearing at each other. And that shit was just, oh, it was such a depressing note to go yeah, out. Yeah, that, that shipyard period was rough, man. Like, that's, there's, that was just a morale killer, like, from day oh, one. Yeah, it's so, it's so weird going from a high op tempo, like, deployment schedule, yeah. workup, all that kind of shit. And then you, like, slam the brakes and go to shipyard. And you're just like, this is a different, it's completely different. It's so, like, like night and day from like what you normally would experience on a seagoing submarine to a submarine in the shipyard. It's completely different and it's not a good place for anybody. Yeah. yeah. That shit sucks. Yeah. Dude, I would much rather be freaking underway on a submarine than anything. Yeah, we would say that all and the this, time. This is going to sound freaking crazy, but like when we came back from deployment, like I, I had so much fun. I like, almost like you almost don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard. It's hard to say that you had so much fun like in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. but looking back on it i had a friend that that deployment was so fun i had a blast yeah, yeah. it was like it was stressful as heck um and like it was it was cool it was a cool deployment it was stressful as heck and like we hit some some awesome spots too man like scotland was amazing um norway was amazing like it was just a great time i mean i think like the the ideal like rotation would be like do a do a six month deployment, come back, import for like two months, go back out to sea for a couple months. Like as long as you're out to sea and home, like every couple months, mm-hmm. it's good. But if you're out to sea <clears throat> too long, you kind of like you start to get salty. But if you're in port too long, you start to get salty. You have to have a good balance. And when and like you hit the shipyard, you're a hundred percent in port, no chance of going to sea, and everything changes. Honestly, yeah. though, I think like I say it all the time uh, to Armand, to uh, Jason, and and you know any leadership that we had on the boat and the rest of <clears throat> the rest of the crew. I really think that we had such a successful deployment, such good camaraderie because of the leadership that we had. I mean, we were freaking lucky to get the triad that we had when we got it um be able to have like leadership to to pull us all onto one team to like buy into like doing the damn thing as good as we did it yeah and then you know the culmination of that um was what we did on mission but it, it was also paid off by like the ports that we visited you know spending spending time with the people who you know better than 
ended up knowing better than probably anyone else you knew in your life, you know, other than your spouse. Yeah. Um, spending time with those people in freaking Scotland, Norway, France. Um, and, you know, that's like you said, Dan, I made that deployment something that you didn't really want to end, but you were fucking ready to get back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody what's, was. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's crazy about that entire deployment? We hit ports like Scotland. And I didn't have a single drink the entire time. Hmm. I didn't have one I'm drink really and I'm kicking my, I didn't, I'm kicking myself now cause I love scotch and, tr- and not even just scotch, just different whiskeys. And I didn't get to take part in that whenever we went hey, to we'll, Scotland. We'll, we'll have a reunion trip and we'll, we'll all go there and we'll fucking, yeah. I I've been meaning to go back there to, to see the tattoo artist that, uh, that I, me and, uh, Caleb, Caleb Slater hit up, uh, the dude's awesome. And uh, he did really good. He did, he tattooed the pig and the rooster on on Caleb's feet. Mm-hmm. And watching him go through <clears> that, <throat> I was like, dude, that's like got to be the most painful thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, <laughs> having the tops of his feet tattooed, the whole thing. It was just like, and they're awesome tattoos. But I want to go back there and get some work done by that guy. So we should make a we should make a thing. He he that's actually he actually motivated me or inspired me to get the same thing done. I know that sounds kind of lame, but I seeing his shit. I was like, yeah, I really like it. And I mean, it's a sailor tattoo, bro. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on finishing my leg. I got I got that one tattoo back in uh, back. What is it like a month ago? I got that one on the side of my leg and I got another one in October on my calf. Eventually, I want to. When all this uh, when all this shit blows over with the world going crazy and we can travel again, um, we should uh, plan a trip to Scotland. Oh, we will. Yo, uh, Reggie, get, yeah. what are you laughing at? What, <laughs> I saw another some jokes over there. Funny. <laughs> read it, read it. What's it say? Uh, it was one of the ones. So Shelly was, uh, Shelly was talking on this one. He said, "I met a <laughs> hold on." <laughs> he said, "I met a seal who has a confirmed kill with a toaster," and then I said, "He shot a toaster." <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, oh, I don't even remember. Man. Like, uh, I remember saying that, but it's just like, oh man, that was funny. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Shut up. <laughs> read, oh, read man. a couple more in there. Let's let's give the people. We've been talking about this quote book, so let's let's see if we can't find another good one. Uh, so Parham says it's a known fact that the army is the highest paid branch in the mil- of the military. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there was nothing else on that one. <laughs> just, just like, it's a known <laughs> fact. All of the military gets paid exactly the same. Exactly. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's a known fact. That's it. That's all you need is that one line. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find. There's a good one with uh, old Rodrigo in here. Um, By the way, this is my fifth shot of tequila. Man, you getting it in over here. one. Uh, dang. What are you guys drinking? Yeah, for what? Oh, on a Tuesday? <laughs> I ain't got no job. <laughs> you got no job? Hey, that's what's up. I'm, just, si- you're moving, man. I'm just sipping on a little bourbon. It's actually a Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight. I got my Maker's Mark whiskey. Yeah, I, uh, this podcast is actually brought to you in part by Test Up. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing yeah. else. I've been uh, I've been diving down the whiskey train, and the only thing I haven't really been trying recently is Irish whiskey. 
I need to start diving down that and giving that a go. Hmm. Proper number 12, Irish whiskey. All right, here's another one from uh, Rogers. So Rogers says, <clears throat> the diesel got flooded out because of the sump watch. He didn't tell anybody there was water in it. So LSC, Nan Shelley says, where does the sump drain to? Rogers says, the diesel. <laughs> and then LSC says, it's <laughs> at your board. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is he's an A-gamer, too. Exactly. It's like, hey, dude, you own equipment? Drains to the diesel. All right, here's another one. Roger says, the word gullible is not in the dictionary. And then Parham says, you know somebody told you that and you believed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. I don't remember saying that. I bet there's a lot of stuff in there that I didn't even know got in there, but people were just writing it down. You know what's funny? One of, all right, let me talk about it real quick. One of the craziest things about uh, my time on the Helena was sitting chief of the watch. I am still, to this day, surprised that I never got fired as chief of the watch because every single day that I sat at that seat, I was like, man, is today going to be the day? <laughs> because every didn't they didn't they call you Chief Waterhammer? Yeah, they did. Was no. that you? Yeah, they called me Tor. <laughs> uh, yeah, A Game would call up every now and then because I'd be trying to ingest water. I would do it by the book, and it would still create water hammers. I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm doing it doing it wrong. But it was just like anytime we had an evolution with ventilation, <laughs> anything that was like some crazy evolution. I mean. At, at a certain point, you get comfortable doing it, but it was still like every time it was nerve wracking. It's just like, man, I don't want to mess this up because you know, anything you do, if you mess it up and you don't follow the procedure, it's just like you're done. And it's like there's no getting away from it. Like if you mess up, you don't open up the valve, or you don't do this right, or you don't do that right. Like anything can happen. You break something, hurt somebody, or whatever. And it was just like that was the most nerve wracking <laughs> deployment, just for the fact that like the entire time. Now I will thank Armand Owens for you know, motivating me and having faith in my ability to actually qualify that watch and stand it. Um, but it was just nerve wracking, man. Like I, I still to this day, I'm surprised that, you know, it all works out. I mean, I feel like when you, if you, I don't know. I'm so I've been in the civilian world now for, for uh, what, just over a year. Um, and I, I'm not going to say it's like crazy, but for someone to stand and qual to qualify and stand cheap for the watch that position specifically, you know, as well as some other positions like dive and whatever the case may be, Chief of the Watch specifically has got all these reports that are coming to him all the time, has got to know oh, what's yeah. going on the ship all the time. Anything that's happening forward and aft, he's got to stay abreast of it because, I mean, he's the guy, you know, it's just like a whole mitigation of uh, uh, of certain information that gets to other levels of, you know superior and all that kind of stuff but like that is a very integral position to be in and for you to like successfully make it through that when you're on the civilian when you get when you retire whatever whenever that is you i mean think back to that and just be like and just look at kind of like look around at other people (laughs) doing their jobs and shit and like like that's what y'all complaining about like yeah you ever you ever have two phones up to your head while you're trying to like open valves and like do everything like you're doing like 30 different things i want now i will say shout out to terrence wingo uh yeah aj um dream c jones uh dan sheller man they kept me out of so much stuff like they helped me out as them sitting dive was like the best thing for me because there was times where i was i was up there struggling the beginning stages and uh shelly was up there i think for the beginning stages when i was first <laughs> sitting as chief of watch and i was messing yeah. stuff up and they'd be like hey man you need to do this or like you need to <laughs> open that up like they would help me out like 
um, like I really, I greatly appreciate those guys. Like I, I wouldn't be here in the situation I am and position I'm in, I am in without uh, their help. So shout out to those guys, man. They kept me out. I one uh, <clears throat> one specific thing that sticks out to me when I think when you say Reggie and then you say Chief of the Watch. One thing that sticks out to me that I remember that was it was just one little communication error. Yep. And it wasn't even necessarily your fault because you repeated it back to the dive the way you heard it. You repeated it back. And it was, he said, uh, he said, uh, 1,000. It was like oh, 1,000 after. And just 8,000 yeah. or in just 8,000. <laughs> and you said, in just 8,000, I. <laughs> so I'm just, and you know what's funny is I repeated it back. And I said 8,000, and I'm adjusting the whole time. He didn't pick up on it until we started sinking. No, no. It was, it was getting heavy as heck. It was 1,000 forward trim to aft trim, and you said 8,000 yeah. forward trim to aft trim uh, oh, to the watch out. I think, I think it was in jest. I think he said in jest 8,000. He said 8,000. It's, it's in the quote book. It's, in the it's quote his book. fault for saying a thousand it instead of one thousand. It's funny to tell because we were driving and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And like Dan is like, hold on. <laughs> like he's starting like pulling rides and shit. Oh, and like, we don't know what's going on. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, and the watch, what are you doing? Yeah, and then we had a huge argument about that one. It was just like, dude, you like say it the right way and I'll I'll do it the right way. I'm thinking you're saying uh, eight thousand. I'm giving you what you need, man. Like I'm just the guy <laughs> flipping switches. <laughs> Don't get mad at me switches in my black six <laughs> But shut up, damn man. He he still helped me out so many times. So yeah, I mean those two. Like it was. It's funny uh, being a junior guy in the moment. You know, it's. I think everyone uh, handling it their own way. You're just super like stressed out or whatever. But the, I mean, those Chiefs. Um, I think the best thing that um, Terrence Wingo could have done for me was when I was getting ready to qualify. He, I mean, it wasn't the best thing at the moment, but he fucking scratched all of my A gang checkouts. Who did? All of them. <laughs> Terrence Wingo scratched all of my A gang checkouts when I was about to go and do my board, and I was doing the end the end of card for uh, for A gang, and uh, he made me do every single checkout over again. And uh, he, you know, a lot of times I thought he was a dick, you know, and I'll say that to his face right <laughs> today. But I, you know, I love the guy. He's a He's a he's a great guy, um, uh, a, a good leader. Um, he found a way to get me to where I needed to be because he, because you know, he he just recognized how to lead me. I guess. Yeah. He was he was funny as shit, but then you get on watch with him. That motherfucker didn't talk. <laughs> like we we were there's a couple watches we had to sit with Chief Wingo, and he'd just be sitting there. Not saying a word. He was, quiet. he was he was selective about what he wanted to talk about. Like it was like if he heard something that he felt like fucking with it, then he would start saying something. But other than that, he didn't say much. But man, boy, he had them candies on deck all the time. When he was, I remember, I don't remember yeah. why he would uh, be diving our section. Uh, sometimes I think it was when you guys started doing kickouts or something like that. Um, yeah. But he would have those hard candies. He'd have those old grandma candies, and those <laughs> yeah. were the best kind. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember. Um, it was he was there when you first got there, probably. But uh, Westover, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember. So, he was. We used to call that. 
Yeah, he was my subsequent instructor. It's kind of funny, but he was an FT, and we call him uh, we call him Sugar Bear because he always fucking had candy. He come up and watch, be like, "Oh, what's up, Sugar Bear? What you got?" <laughs> pull out all, like pockets full of candies, dude. Like everything. And Dion Phillips, yeah. that motherfucker, they ate nothing but candy. I mean, he was so skinny. That dude is so damn skinny and also the most racist black man I've ever met in my life. <laughs> it, I'm like, it, bro, like, whose side are you on right now? It did seem like he would bring up race shit every time I talked to him. <laughs> always. He, always. Have you have you guys ever read? Uh, so uh, I know that you guys, pretty much all of you, are, are into the leadership type books. Mm-hmm. Um, the 48 Laws of Power. Have you guys read that? I haven't read that. Yo, check out the 48 laws of power. Um, and it basically, it breaks down every single aspect of why people try to achieve some sort of semblance of power. And it breaks it down into like, um, like the basis of human, like instinct to achieve some sort. Cause if you, if you are powerless in your life, then you're basically depressed. Like if you don't have any sort, if you feel like you don't have power over your life, you're depressed. So everyone that tries to achieve some sort of like semblance of power in their lives. And he, in the book, he uses a lot of um, political um, references to like really, uh, it seems almost outdated uh, because he references back to like the 16, 17, 1800s, um, history about people that were that were presented with certain types of uh predicaments and the way that they they got over that but um it 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 does break down certain aspects of of like how people achieve power and it's not a bad thing like it is not a bad thing to try and attain some sort of power in your life because if you don't have power over your life what are you Mm -hmm. you're just you know you're you're at the whim of everybody else no one's going to be happy like that so um, some people just don't do it in a way that is conducive to uh, Western society. And obviously we all live in a Western society and people want to have, you know, a good life. And the only way to achieve a good, good life is to have some power in their lives. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good book. You guys should check it out. 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, so, so when you, uh, so I was wondering about this, like when you, when you commission, I mean, now you've been commissioned since when? Like since 2018? Yeah, 2018, August 2018. Yeah, so being being now that you're commissioned and you've served, you've gone on a deployment. You've gone on two or one deployment? I uh, went on one deployment. So I met him halfway on that one. And then actually it was like a month and a half, two months, and then made a full deployment after that. Okay, so you've gone on a little over one deployment. Um, Which carrier? The Harrier's Truman. And you've and you've risen through the ranks of enlisted. You've been a chief. Now you've freaking switched communities entirely, gone to the service community. Like, is there ever a point in time where you just kind of like, uh, like from the position that you're at now, from an officer position, where you're just like, this could be 
better like there's a better way to do this as far as getting people the collective to do achieve whatever the mission is or the goal is or is it like hard to do that from what you know from the officer standpoint have you like run into things where you're like man i, I could i could do this from a chief standpoint or an enlisted standpoint or now i can actually do this from an officer <clears throat> standpoint like what's what's that kind of like being on the other side so um it's kind of <clears throat> it's very different um the, the good thing about going to the aviation community is that, uh, like I said, they're the pilots there are, they remind me of the subports. They're very tight. Um, the actual entire aviation community is tight, even the maintainers. So there's the enlisted, there's a divide between the pilots that fly the jets and then the enlisted that maintain the jets. Um, but all together, they're like super tight. So, um, it's actually a good community to go to. So I haven't had too many issues where, you know, things will arise in like my enlisted, like my enlisted background. I'd be like, well, why wouldn't we do it this way? Because a lot of the, the, the maintenance match chief, the CMC there, they handle and, and, and conduct themselves appropriately. So they've been able to take care of stuff like that. The biggest challenge for me personally was just understanding that I'm not the chief anymore and understanding that I have a chief for a reason and not trying to, um, take my chief's place as far as taking care of things. Cause on the sub force, it's like, um, you know, you be the leading young and you're like running the shop. So you do everything, how you envision it. You know, like I said, with my guys, I like to collaborate and be like, Hey, let's uh, work together. If there's a better way of doing it, we'll do that. Um, but you know, I'm used, I'm used to just having control of every single aspect of it. So going, becoming an officer commissioning and then going to uh, the aviation community, I have a chief now I have a Y one, I have a PS one like letting them do their thing and like letting my chief do, you know, what he has to do to take care of the day to day and stuff like that. And understanding that I just had this broad scope of the entire admin department and making sure I'm, you know, doing that and not getting into the weeds on stuff. Um, and also, you know, the mentality of not trying to handle everything myself. Um, <clears throat> the, th the good thing about being on the self force is like, you get so self-sufficient, and you're so good at being self-sufficient that it's hard to like let the reins go and let other people do what they got to do um, to get things done. You're used to just being like, I got it. I'll take care of it. Or you, an issue will arise and you're like, I'll take care of that. That's no problem. Now it's like, I can't, I can't afford to do everything myself, even though I could try to do everything myself. And, you know, just letting the reins go and be like, okay, you guys take care of this or you go handle that. Or, Hey chief, this is what we got going on. This is what needs to get taken care of. And uh, luckily, you know, I've been blessed to have a good chief that's uh, we talk and uh, we have good camaraderie and we're able to work together um, with our team to get things done. So, you know, just that aspect of it has been different, but I, I really haven't had too many <clears throat> instances where I'm just like, Hey, there's a better way. Like I go in the, you know, in the wardroom and I'm just like, why are y'all doing it like this? Like there's a better way of doing it. And then the other thing is um, in the aviation community, we have ground officers that are prior enlisted as well. So we all like together work together to, you know, look at different things that are going on. And it, it's been good. I've, I've been blessed to go to the, the uh, VF 81 and go to that squadron because I heard horror stories. It, it's not the same across the board for all the different squadrons um, where the ground officers are integrated with the pilots. I've heard horror stories where if you're a ground officer, you get treated like you're crap because you can't fly a jet. And it's just like y'all do your thing. The pilots will do their thing. Coming from the South Force, I'm used to being cohesive with everybody and working together. So it's just been great, like just working together with the pilots and getting in with them 
working with the ground officers, working with everybody, and uh, it's been good. So I, I don't really have too many complaints. What I will complain about is just hearing other people complain about the stuff that they complain about being an officer. So going to the Truman and going on an aircraft carrier, the stuff that you hear people complain about in the wardroom about food, uh, their their uh, freaking staterooms, like it's a stateroom. It's it's bigger than I'm sorry, uh, Captain Pittman, but it's bigger than his his uh, <laughs> office slash bedroom on the sub. It's huge, and it's like the stuff people complain about. I'm good. I'll go in there. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Like I'll eventually, after being out to sea and you know not being able to pull in the ports on this last appointment, complain a little bit here and there. But the stuff that people complain about is freaking nuts. It's like you get you can watch TV. We're watching cable television or satellite television you know you can watch hgtv underway get internet connectivity most of the time it's just like really weird going from being on the sub force where you're just like constantly working no connectivity not being able to talk to anybody <clears throat> to going on a carrier where i can just pick up the phone and call my wife <laughs> you know while i'm out and 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 be able to talk to her it's, it's just night and day so uh, that's the one thing that was actually the only thing that i would i would have imagined being different uh i would i would have imagined that the surface fleet rank structure was a little bit more rigid um being that on a submarine it's a very like like you said it was a tight-knit community so you have daily interaction with your co mm-hmm. you have daily interaction with your xo your department head your chief and everybody in your division and other divisions yeah. There's like there's there's no other way around it. You have to have daily interaction with them, whether it's just passing with POA or eating eating chow with them. Yeah. But on a, especially on an aircraft carrier, there's a guaranteed a ton of people you don't even know. Yeah. You have like you're you're seeing a new person every day, mm-hmm. and uh, there's people that you've never talked to. There's people you never interacted with, and on a submarine you'd be like. What do you mean you don't know that guy? Like he's been here for two months. How do you not know that guy? Like hey, you get shit Shelly, that knowing somebody's name. Hey, Shelly would Shelly can attest to somebody knocking like we'll be in the office working on some stuff and be <clears throat> typing on the computer. Somebody will knock on the door and be like, Oh, I, can I uh, get this special quest shit routed up? He'll drop it off and then he'll leave it and I'll be like, Shelly, who the heck was that? Like three months ago, and I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like I'm really bad when it comes to like remembering people. Like I remember faces, and I remember you know people that I interact with on a daily basis. But it's like it, it'll be times where people come by. I'm like they're like, hey, how's it going, Richie? I'm like, hey, what's up, guy? What's going on? What's like, up, it, and it's, it's even worse. Than yeah. that, so it's worse so than my 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 cousin my cousin deployed with our other cousin on the same aircraft carrier. And they never saw each other one time. Yeah, <laughs> that thing is huge. If you have y'all been on it, yeah, I've been. Uh, no, no, I've never been on it. I specifically avoided other platforms of anything because I didn't want to get pissed yeah. off in my lot in life. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't want to be. I don't want to be fucking mad about the the confines that I have. So I'm just gonna only know what I know, and I I specifically made myself ignorant of other platforms because I didn't want to get mad about all the space that they have. It's a good decision. Yeah. I don't blame you on that. They're, they're, they're huge. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say is your uh, favorite memory of the, uh, air, the, uh, service community so far? Oh man. Um, I guess the biggest, oh man, the biggest eye opening moment for me, uh, going surface was when, <clears throat> so when I met the, my squadron, I had to fly into Norway 
And then I flew out of Norway to land on the carrier and you had to take the cod out of there, uh, which is this rinky dink freaking, I don't know the type of plane it is. I'm not good into, you know, I don't know the details on that kind of stuff, but it's this rinky dink, like piece of crap plane. Um, and it, it's like rattling. There's like dudes like putting tape on stuff to like hold stuff together. It's a very bad <laughs> aircraft, yeah. but it gets the job done and it should have been like retired a long time ago, but it's still running anyway. So they give you this little cranial, you put it on and you get on the plane and you're riding and there's like windows, but you can't see out of them. They're like super small and you're like tight in this thing. And I just remember I heard all the horror stories. They're like, if you got a cod in, man, it's going to be rough. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. So when we caught in, like you got to land on the aircraft carrier and just the feeling of the plane landing on an aircraft carrier, I'll never forget it. It's just, it's frightening. So I can only imagine the people that end up uh, boltering, which means that their hook didn't catch the wire and they got to go, they got to speed up and go back around to try to land again. I can only imagine how scary that is, but we ended up uh, making it on board and just seeing the aircraft carrier underway, like getting out of the plane and like seeing it underway and seeing all the people moving around doing their thing. It was just like, I'm a, I, coming from the sub, you're just like mind blown. It's just like, oh my God, it's like sensory overload because it's just, everything's happening. People are moving around everywhere. You're like, where do I go? And you're like, grab your bags and you're like walking. And just to see everything is like huge. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So that was like one of the biggest ones. And then uh, when I went down to the our ready room, um, one of the officers was like, hey, you want to come up while we're doing, uh, while we're launching the jets? I was like, yeah, I'll go up there. That sounds cool. So I go up there and it's like going on nighttime. It's like sunset and the, the jets are launching. And like, I've never seen, you know, you know, F-18s launching live that close to them. You can feel it in your chest when they take off and everything. Then he was like, he asked, he pulled me to the side. He was like, hey, you want to launch one of them? And I was like, I can do that. And he was like, yeah. So I put on my stuff and I go up there and I'm and I was able to launch one of the jets. That was like one of the coolest moments was uh, being able to launch one of the jets and like being that close to a jet just taking off. It, it is crazy, man. Like, I don't know how I, I mean, uh, if anybody that's listening to this is able to ever experience it. Like I would highly recommend it. You're uh, so you're, you're flying in uh, to the aircraft carrier for the first time. Uh, when you're flying in, did you see the McDonald's sign and the Starbucks sign? Do they have that like perched up to where you can see it? How many times did you go to the next on board? Oh, I went there a lot of times. <laughs> it's, it's not just for it. it might as well be the next. I mean, it's pretty big, um, and they have a lot of stuff. They do um, underway replenishments a lot, so they get all the supplies and stuff like that. So I packed most of my stuff, so I didn't really have to go. <clears throat> because I was used to packing like on a sub where you have to bring everything. <laughs> so I brought pretty much everything I needed. Um, but like to be able to go there and get snacks and protein shakes. And I mean, it, it is crazy. Like just how good it is. on. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Like, like, <laughs> me, me and Parham are both like motherfuckers. Dude, it's, it makes me so salty, but I'm really trying not to think about it. Right <laughs> hey, hey, it, I don't know, man. If you have the opportunity, if you decide to come back in, I, like, I remember trying to find what, like, as a um, as a diver, um, <laughs> we had so many, <laughs> we had so many uh, extra storage spaces. But before, like, we would, I had to bring like three jugs of protein, all my beef jerky, yep. 
all my extra shit that I was going to bring with me. Like I had to find so many places in the outboards to stow my shit. I hope I hope surface sailors listen to this and hear and hear our troubles and they think twice the next time they complain. I mean, when you go and load up your rack for deployment, most of the time you're splitting this shit between three people. And if you're a junior guy, you're like, is this is that is one of the senior guys that I'm sharing this rack with going to be a dick and tell me to get one third of the pan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like you have to shove all that shit in there you might as well not even focus on bringing any extra snacks because if you only got one third of the pan or two thirds of the pan it's not enough room. Yeah. sorry absolutely. we ain't even talking about all the you know moving the 2du cans back <laughs> and, stealing them off, and then they start leaking yeah. and, and then putting like uh, and then putting those uh food cans in the burden and having to walk on those I busted my when they did that when they first did it I was what I was uh I was below decks and I was walking <laughs> walking through through forward cruise and then bow! I was like, oh, oh and, the, yeah, and then the blood streaming down my face and I'm like you know it, I wouldn't cut that bad it's just your head's very vascular and bleeds a lot but I had blood streaming down my face and uh I forget who the section leader was at the time. I had to get relieved so Doc could like patch it up. And anyway, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Doc's gonna be like, "Yeah, you know, take it easy, don't stand watching." They're like, "Yep, yeah, you're good. You can go back on watch." And I'm like, "I got my head all wrapped up." <laughs> yeah, they got like do some foot powder on it. They got like strict duty section. That's the sub force in a nutshell, right there. They're like, "Can you breathe?" Yeah. Can your legs move? Yeah. All right, you can get back on watch. You have a gunshot wound to the chest, and they were like, you, you okay? Yeah, walk that thing off. What's, the, didn't there, didn't really get, what's, uh, didn't, what's two plus two? It's three. Close enough. Get back on watch. Hey, yeah, that's pretty good. Didn't Gary get, like, shocked one day, or it was like a, a nuke? It was like Gary and a nuke got shocked one day, and they were, like, doing some sort of maintenance, and we're like, and typically when we talk about getting shocked, we're like, oh, you know, watch out. Don't get shocked. But they got shocked, and we're like, ah, throw some dirt on it. You're good. Get back in there and finish that maintenance. <laughs> hey, that's how it goes, man. You don't have time to, like, lose a body. <laughs> like, no, you don't. The boomers, though, they got it nice. They even got it nicer than us. Yeah, I took a tour of a boomer, and I was like, this is uh, this is good living. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, I went to the admin, I went to the admin office, uh, to the wiring shack, and uh, the LPO there, he was like, yeah, man. He was like, I got so much room, I don't even use half of these things. And he's like, open it up freaking cabinets and stuff. It is just completely empty. I was like, what? <laughs> you go down to a fast tag and it's like stuff, stuff everywhere. It's like, there's not Lying one space there that's not paperwork used. all over. There's a safe that's, remember the safe in our office that we didn't even know what the heck was in there for like the longest? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, who owns this thing? Yeah. <laughs> just locked I, up. It, well, it pe- they used it. Uh, I think there was some, some freaking... Navy T stuff in there because I remember getting kicked out once because they had to go in there. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it was some TSSCI stuff in there. Well, Reggie, I thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, it's no been, problem. Uh, it's been great to hear from you. Um, it was a long time coming, and uh, you know, it's good to have Section Tang back together. Yeah, Tang Bang, baby. Yeah, I'm glad we get. I'm glad we got the quote book out. I was, I fucking knew it. I knew you had it. I don't know what was. I knew it. I just hey, knew it. hey, 
ain't no snitch, dog. <laughs> I ain't no snitch. Yeah, uh, Dan hit me up a how long ago was it? Like a month ago? Oh, it's, it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, it's been a while. Been so a while. he found out about it. I told him I was like, yo, keep it on the low so that I we can make it a surprise on the show whenever that happens. So. I appreciate yeah. you guys having me and uh and reaching out and everything. It's definitely been a pleasure, man. This stuff. Hey, do us do us one more solid before you go. Find one more quote in that quote book for us. Find okay. find the best one you can find if you've been if you've been keeping tabs this show. Uh Dan's yeah. Dan's doing the PP dance. I got see. <laughs> I got another parham one. I, I can I can hear my I can hear my kids still awake, so I want to try and catch him before he goes to sleep. Okay. So Parham says, uh, I mean, this one is just straight up Parham right here. He said, rough seas never made a smooth sailor. <laughs> during, a sea, during a PD trip in the Sea State 4. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> classic, classic Parham stuff right there, man. Uh, what an idiot. <laughs> Close it out with that one. All right, guys. Rough seas never never made a smooth you sailor. Yeah. First on only on the Midwatch. Rough seas never made a smooth sailor. Thanks for joining us on only on the Midwatch podcast. Thanks for Reggie for coming out. Yep. I'm Ellison signing off. There you go. Later. Later.